You know, there are certain steps. There are certain steps that have to be taken um, if you want to recover from a sickness, especially a, a sickness like alcoholism. And you have to go through some really bad times. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I don't know what your bottom is, but I'm afraid of America's bottom. I really am. I'm afraid that until we lose everything, we won't wake up. I got a, a note in yesterday from a very good friend of mine who I had to fire six years ago. He said, Glenn, how time flies when you're having fun. It was six years ago this past Monday that I began my trip home from the studios in Dallas to my beloved Long Island home. That, that, that was also the 50th anniversary of Kennedy's assassination. I left the parking garage of my apartment in Dallas a scant half mile from where he was shot. Little did I know at the time, but the old me was about to die and be reborn in many profound ways. I have no idea how I would make the 1,500-mile journey home because the day I left your employee until the day I left that garage, I had been drinking 24-7. Those four months were the darkest of my life. Everything about my life was a lie, and it all came crashing down around me since I lost my last shred of identity, a working professional helping grow an amazing business. This is a good friend of mine who just all of a sudden didn't make any sense anymore. And I suspected, but he wouldn't admit, and, um, and it killed me to let him go. And I thought, there goes a friendship I'll never see again, never repair again. And we've become good friends again. Because he was restored to sanity. But he had to have the final push and things are falling down in your life and you don't see them necessarily as good things he writes to me about how someone told him about this this uh, old chinese tale of the old frontiersman that his horse got loose and ran off to the uh, Hu territory beyond the Great Wall. And the tribes were hostile towards the Chinese, so everybody assumed the horse was as good as lost. And the horses are very valuable to the people who are living in the frontier. So this was a huge financial setback. And when people would visit this frontiersman, they would express their sympathy. But the father of the guy who lost the horse didn't he just said who says this can't be some sort of a blessing months later the horse comes back to the stable with a companion a really beautiful horse uh of of a of a who breed and it was it as if this frontiersman's wealth had suddenly doubled and everybody came to him and marveled at his luck and they congratulated him but his father didn't have any emotion he just says who says this can't be some sort of misfortune so his son took takes the new horse out for a ride 
and um, an accident occurs and he falls from the horse and he breaks his leg. Again, the sympathetic townspeople come and say, oh, my gosh, you had such good fortune. And now look at this. This is such bad fortune. And his father comes to again and says, who says this can't be some sort of a blessing? A year later, the who people amass and they cross the border into China and everybody who is able bodied had to go and take up arms in defense and fierce battles ensued. Heavy casualties. Nine out of the ten men in this guy's, uh, you know, little town died. But he didn't because he couldn't go to war because of his leg. He survived the war. We are, per- we are perceiving troubles as terrible misfortunes. And then we're looking at things that could be terrible misfortunes, and we are looking at them as great fortunes. This Trump thing yesterday with, the, with FISA, this is, this is a great fortune coming our way. Finding out this bad news is a great fortune if we decide to do anything about it. But I'm telling you, more and more, I am losing more and more faith in our Senate, in our House, in our administration, in the Justice Department, in the FBI, in the Supreme Court, in all branches of this government. Because they're not doing the things they must do. The media is lost. It is lost. It is beyond not doing its job. It has become truly, truly. And if you don't see this, then you are not looking at things with fair eyes. They have become an enemy of the Constitution. So we have, we have the Constitution, the Fourth Amendment yesterday in the IG report, was exposed as being worthless. Worthless. That's everything about who you are and your right to privacy and your right not to be spied on. and All of it, everything that we deem fair and just, all of that was proven to be gone yesterday. And most of the press didn't even take the time to notice. CNN didn't even really cover it. And that doesn't even take into account the loss of your right to privacy with these giant corporations taking your information. They know more about you than you do, and you don't have a right to look at it or to see how it's even being used or sold. I am telling you, mark my words. By the time this next president's term is over, if not within a few years, two years after the conversation will turn to, do you even have free will or are you always being manipulated? I think it will happen in the next term. Because of the information that these corporations have on you. 
and what they can manipulate, what they can twist, and the Constitution does not protect you. It only protects you from government manipulation. But we are all yawning at the government manipulation. An FBI um, agent and lawyer took an email and changed the email 180 degrees. One that exonerated the person, changed a line, and put that person into his trouble. Changed the line saying, no, he, ha- he is an informant that works for us with Russia, uh, with Russia uh, operatives, and he is working for us to find information on Russia. The lawyer came in and took that and changed it to, he is not an operative. He has nothing to do with us. You, you that, that's not an inaccuracy. That's a setup. That's a lie. That's, this is, what was his name? Edmund DeMoss? The, the, the guy who's just trying to do right and he thinks the police are his friends literally friends grew up together but his friend has a different agenda and sends him away and he has no trial he doesn't even know what he's done wrong We're there. I want to play quickly something that Steven Crowder said on Blaze TV yesterday. And I'm 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 warning you, listen, please, listen. No one in the media is really looking at this the right way. Steven and I had a conversation. I went over to his studios uh what two days ago, and we sat down for probably forty five minutes in a private conversation. And I know Stephen. He's not afraid of, you know, really anything. He is gravely concerned, not just about his voice being lost, but your voice being lost. Listen. The YouTube purge is happening. Let me say that. This is something a lot of people have talked about for a while, December 10th, December 11th, some new policies coming down the pike. Um, A lot of people have been concerned, ourselves included. It is happening. What we do know, um, the severity of it is, I believe, more significant than most people have been led to believe. Uh, I believe that many of you will be affected by it. Okay, we do know that this YouTube purge, this new policy, new community guidelines. Now, YouTube's been talking about these new anti-harassment, these new guidelines for several months now. Um, specific, specifically, YouTube. Uh, sorry, YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki did mention that these will be occurring in response to the controversy that was generated by this channel um, over the summer. And uh, certainly not sorry for the content that we've created and that you've come to enjoy. Um, I don't apologize for that, but obviously my heart goes out to if there are any future uh, conservatives or, or future independent voices who are affected because some people got their feelings hurt. We will not be silenced. 
We will not bend to either the left or the right. We will not bend to fascism. We will not bend to communism. We will not bend to the threat of a purge. That word doesn't even belong in American government or American business uh, uh, lexicon. A free speech purge? Never in my life did I think that would happen. Can I ask you, why is, why is CNN running the impeachment uh, debate in the House panel? Why are we covering this uh, without commercials on CNN and full? How is this news? I mean, it is interesting, but you know what they're going to say. Do we, they're not going to present anything new. It's not like a hearing. It's just the debate. So they're not going to present anything new. Everybody, you know what position they're going to take, and you know the outcome. Where yesterday, they were presenting new evidence mm-hmm. from the IG report. Important new evidence. And they weren't taking it at all. Weren't taking it at all. Is this a real uh, question? <laughs> like, as, as to no, what's I guess happening here? I, I think guess you know. I guess it's... Uh, no, it's... I mean, no, it's, it's because they think this hurts Trump, and they thought yesterday benefited Trump. Is there... That's why. Is there no... Is there no true American left anymore? I mean, because I don't, I don't agree with people who are just like, yeah, get them, because they're trying to get Trump. And Trump could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue, and it'd be okay because of what he's went through. No, it's not. It's not. I'm not with that person. In this particular case... I think it was disturbing, um, you know, when he was like, hey, and I don't even think it was disturbing. It was just stupid. It was stupid for him to go, hey, and by the way, can you check in at Joe Biden? Don't do that. What are you doing? Okay. Make, but there was yeah. nothing illegal and there was nothing wrong with it. Uh, and when you find out the real story behind it, it was absolutely in our national interest, period. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think any of us would have a question that the Bidens should be looked into. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the how you go about that is important. Obviously, like, you know, the president should, you know, be cognizant of the way these things turn out and how it would look. And and, you know, and then that's not just us saying like, oh, well, the the PR, he's got to watch his PR. No, I mean, like it's in the, you know, it's in the government guide of ethics that you're not supposed to right. you know, to make Have it look like the there's appearance. even an appearance of it, which is what, one of the big reasons that Joe Biden screwed up. I mean, he yeah. clearly violated yeah. the government code of ethics for employees. Um, but I think here, you know, you have a situation where looking into these things is completely justified. Uh, you know, you just don't you want to do those things in a way that's not going to cause you the least amount of problems. And I, that's certainly not the way this was approached. Right. And so I have no problem looking into when they were looking into Russia. I want to know, yeah, did he totally. collude? And if he would have colluded, I would have been for his impeachment. He didn't collude. Did did um, he uh, do something in uh, Ukraine that was only in his self-interest? No. But I would like to turn over every stone, but they won't turn over every stone. They're only turning over half of it. Now, yesterday, you had an independent, you had the inspector general's report. And if it would have been bad for Trump, they would have covered it nonstop. nonstop. And they did cover the one sentence 
in the report yeah. where it looked like they no that wasn't good for Trump. Right. They covered that like they, crazy. They didn't cover yeah. the other 473 pages. Of right. It. And that are disturbing and not even for Donald Trump, but for you, the American people. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, look, this movie, uh, Richard Jewell, is coming out in the next uh, week or two. Have you seen how the press is handling that? Yeah, and they're that they're only pissed off about the one journalist, you know. Yeah. Not, but I mean, like, here's a guy who did nothing wrong, who same was a regular person, not like you know the president of the United States who was railroaded by authorities in this very similar way. And you know that was going on then. You kind of thought it was the exception, but I mean, if they would do it to a president of the United States, when everybody knows this is going to be looked at afterwards what kind what of, are they doing to the regular person what are they doing to richard jewels of the world what kind of tool after obama used the irs and they get away with this what kind of tools will be in their hand oh, that they will not care about Uh, welcome to the program. If you're an old Phil Hendry uh, fan, uh, I think I can legitimately introduce my next guest, Brad Palumbo, as gay man, gay journalist. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the program, uh, Brad. Hey, thanks for having me. You bet. You're you're the deputy contributors editor of the Washington Examiner. We've had you on. You're very reasonable. And this, I think, is the first time that I think we may have a disagreement on something. Um, you are... You are backing the um, Fairness for All Act. And for people, yeah. I've been watching this for almost a year uh, now. And uh, it, to me, it's disturbing. So tell me your point of view on it and, and let people know what it is. Yeah, look, so my point of view is that I come, I come at this entire debate from the perspective of a uh, person who's a gay libertarian conservative, right? right. So I believe in both uh, gay rights, but I also believe in religious liberty and the First Amendment. So I'm one of these people that's not trying to force Jack Phillips to bake a cake or chase down Christian schools and force them to employ trans people. Yeah. But I also don't think that a corporation like McDonald's should be able to hire some, fire someone just because they're gay, or that a massive apartment complex should be able to evict someone because they're transgender. So that's why I wrote a column in support of the effort from Representative Chris Stewart um, from Utah, uh, Utah's 2nd District, I believe, uh, who's actually a, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which has backed his bill, uh, which essentially the Fairness for All Act, it tries to do the same thing that the Equality Act does, which is update the Civil Rights Act to include protections for gay and transgender people. But importantly, unlike the Equality Act, which crushes religious liberty, it has no exception. This bill has very clear carve-outs, in my opinion, that adequately protect religious liberty, but also would add uh, legal protections for LGBT people. So, Brad, when am I going to get protection for being a conservative, straight, old, white guy? <laughs> and I, I mean that sincerely. There are many jobs I'm not even considered for. There is no way and that I'm highly qualified for, but there is no way... Netflix, Amazon would ever, ever hire me, even though I'd make them a ton of money, but they won't do it because I don't fit their message. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a difference, uh, to be honest, between someone not hiring a, a person like me or you because we're conservatives. What's the difference? Not hiring I think there is a difference. Well, I know. What is it, do you like, think? 
Well, it's like being gay or transgender is almost a demographic, right? It's not an ideology in the same way. It's like firing. I view it more as like firing someone for being black than firing someone for being Republican. But I do want to say one thing, Glenn, that this bill, the Fairness for All Act, actually would add some protections for people like you. You know, it goes out of its way to block the crazies like Beto O'Rourke and put into law that federal tax exempt status can never be denied due to religious beliefs or practices regarding marriage or sexuality. It also includes specific provisions that prohibit the government from targeting or punishing religious individuals. So this act, actually, I, t- I, I spoke with Representative Chris Stewart about it, and he said that part of his motivation for doing this was that he thinks religious liberty is under attack. And I agree. I agree. So this bill isn't just about LGBT rights. It's also about putting concrete rules so, for religious liberty in place. Here's my problem, Brad, because I agree with you 100 percent and Chris Stewart um, and the backers of this bill that this does protect religious liberty, but it leaves the door open for everyone else. So, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that it is it is um, protecting religious organizations but what about just the idea that uh, I have a, a guy who's running the front desk and my business, you know, is my business. And the guy decides that he's going to be Mary and he comes to work in a dress and he's a big guy and he's and I don't want him at the front desk. Can I fire him? Uh, look, I think if you're running, if you're talking about your church or you're talking about your Christian bakery, then that's one thing and you'd be able to. But in a normal role where somebody, um, it's just a, a regular business, I don't think you should be able to fire someone because of something like that. Because ultimately it doesn't relate to the job and you're firing them. I mean, it's, it's honestly like I, I'm sympathetic to this idea that business owners, you know, I'm, I'm libertarian leaning should have wide discretion and latitude. But I do believe in the Civil Rights Act. I don't believe that someone's right extends to fire someone to, for being black or fire someone just because they're a woman. And in the same sense, I really don't think that within reasonable exceptions, like this bill lays out, you should be able to fire someone just because you personally disagree with an aspect of who they are. It's, it's, it's interesting, Brad, because I think one of the issues I've heard about this bill, because most, you know, 90 percent of the stuff I think you're saying here, everyone agrees with. Right. Like, I mean, it's it, it's, it's hard it, to argue with. It's ridiculous to throw someone out of their apartment because you don't like in, you know, who, who, you know, who they're interested in. Um, but it, it, the and you mentioned the cake thing, which is interesting. This has been one of the things I've heard pushback on. And maybe the bill d- deals with this directly. And it that does. It, it says uh, a lot of people say, OK religious liberty sort of ends at the church yes we'll protect you inside your church you can worship however you like this is sort of the left's approach to these issues but when it comes out to you being in the public uh sphere if you believe something that disagrees with these guidelines well you're kind of out of luck does the bill deal with that directly it does it does if i'm if i'm correct brad it does but it's only for companies that have 15 or fewer employees so the cake guy is fine but if I have yeah, more than 15 employees, I'm not fine. The idea is it's really hard to strike the right balance with these things. It's incredibly difficult. Mm. And where do you draw the line? 15, 20, 10. But the idea is that Jack Phillips would be fine, but McDonald's would not be. Right? The, the point is you have to have a line somewhere. And it's also, in terms of the public sphere, this bill also specifically sets up a system in which medical professionals are allowed to not provide certain services as long as they provide 
Uh, I've always looked at it like this, like uh, you shouldn't be able, if you're a general doctor, to, to not give someone their vaccines because they're gay. But you shouldn't be forced to give someone trans hormone therapy if you object to that. So, the, mm-hmm. so it basically sets up the, that kind of equal access, but they can deny specific services. So except, it, it actually sets up in public life. Except uh, that's, that's what that's we had at the beginning with abortion, and now it doesn't matter what your religious belief is. I mean, these lines keep getting blurred because we keep making special exceptions. Look, everyone should have exactly the same rights. Everyone. The problem that we we entered into with the civil rights movement is blacks didn't have the same rights. You have to have the same exact right. But you also have to let people be stupid or jerks. You also have to let businesses do what businesses do. Hobby Lobby. If if a bunch of militant uh, transgender decided to go en masse to apply at Hobby Lobby, would Hobby Lobby have to hire them or would they be caught in litigation in any way because they could say they're discriminating? So it actually would depend on how Hobby Lobby is classified, and I don't know that off the top of my head. It's a business. Uh, if they're classified as a religious nonprofit no, or, not. or a – so if they're just a private business – They're a business. Then, uh, if they're just a private business, then they would, ha- they would be bound by anti-discrimination, anti-discrimination laws. It's interesting because I mean, these are obviously tough d- th- things to deal with. We know Chris Stewart really well. He's a good friend of the show, and he is someone who's honestly trying to deal with these, with these uh, issues uh, in this bill. But it does. I, I mean, I, and I think you could see this, Brad, as well. It does. It, it's gonna, it's gonna pop up with some interesting uh, conundrums that are. I don't think the bill itself can solve. I mean, you know, the, no. it, So I, I it's, and the intent behind it is, is, is because worse things are coming down the pike. Yeah. And so this is a way to cut off at the pass, pass this, so worse things don't come down the pike. And I understand that. And I even appreciate that. But that doesn't mean you pass bad legislation to stop worse reg- legislation. So I actually I don't agree with you, Glenn. I get your point. But whether I think for the, for the people facing the conservative movement, the trend of public opinion is that if you, we have to pass compromise legislation like this, because if not, we're going to be stuck under the Equality Act a decade from now. When there's a Democrat next time, there's a Democrat Congress. Mm-hmm. President, they're going to pass it. We're trending in that way. So honestly, my pitch to social conservatives for this legislation is that we're working with you on this. We want it to be fair. We want it to be balanced. It's very complicated, but we're working to make exceptions. Work with us on this legislation. Let's pass something like this, because if you don't, unfortunately, the reality is you're going to be stuck under the Equality Act 10 years from now, I would bet. Brad, Brad, I don't want to leave this conversation with you thinking anything other than I really respect you. I respect you for coming on uh, and debating this with me. And we're on different ends of the uh, of the argument on this one. But I'd like to continue this conversation because maybe I'm just missing something. Um, But uh, as a libertarian, I don't like special rights ever for anyone um, it, it is, it just, it shouldn't be that way. You have a right to live your life. And I mean that as transgender. And I mean that as a straight white man, you have a right to rule your life, to be stupid, to be different, to be whatever it is. You are, you have that right. No special rights for anybody. No special rights. 
Um, um, can we get one quick comment out of Brad, though, before you leave? Yeah. I'm, I'm concerned, Brad, um, that the left is noticing that Pete Buttigieg is not gay enough. Oh, and is there an appropriate yeah. amount of gay that Pete should be? Do you have any perspective on this? Look, I don't like Pete. He represents none of my policy beliefs. <laughs> I don't think he's moderate in the slightest. No. But I will say that the, the woke left makes him look good when they launch this ridiculous attacks against him. You know, the it's latest true. one that I think you're referencing is the BuzzFeed News article yeah. mm-hmm. that said queer people can never be released until we no longer live in a country powered by capitalism. And he, it's basically the article criticizes Pete Buttigieg because he gets ahead by acting like a normal person, pretty much. And I, and I'm just <laughs> God forbid he is really a normal person. <laughs> the bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the point of the article seems to be, well, of course, they're accepting Pete Buttigieg because he's acting like them. A, a guy who wears a suit and is all buttoned up and talks about marriage all the time. Well, that's not they're not really accepting us. And, you know, this is what you get if all you do is go after gay marriage. Uh, you know, it's a really I felt it was a really insulting argument to to the average gay person. No, it is insulting. And I have to say that we see these things on BuzzFeed and Out and the New Republic yeah. and all these crazy screeds. Those aren't representative of the, the guys I play with on my gay soccer league. Like, I'm telling <laughs> you, the average gay person does not think what the crazy, woke Internet yeah. people think. All right. Uh, thankfully. Brad, thank you so much for being on the program. Brad Palumbo, he is WashingtonExaminer.com. Thanks for being a, a part of the program. I, Thank I, you, Glenn. You bet. Um, I want to say something in full disclosure. Wait for a second, Sarah. Uh, I want to say something in full disclosure here. This um, uh, Fairness for All Act is really being spearheaded by uh, my church, the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because they are very, very concerned that the, we're we are strong on family strong on marriage and strong on gender and we always have been um and uh, they are very concerned about the rights of religious people and religious organizations and i 100 percent understand that and i have met with leaders of my faith on this and talked to them in depth I disagree with them on this, and I've had to do a lot of praying on this because, you know, you know, I respect them. Uh, and uh, I've come to the conclusion through counsel uh, with many of them that um, their calling is their calling. Their calling is to protect the church. My calling is to tell you about what's happening in government and the Constitution. And my calling, uh, my feelings on this, is this does not protect the average person. It does protect the churches. And if you want to protect the churches and you believe that working together and holding hands with people um, who are most times shown us to be wildly dishonest, and they are progressive they take progressive steps this then would only be a progressive measure i could be wrong on it um, but i will tell you that i have talked to members of my own faith in uh in all levels of government as well and attorneys and everything else and it is split but i will tell you that i truly it hurts me to say, 
because I am somebody who believes in unity. I am somebody who believes in coming together. But I believe this to be the wrong path. Enough said. Now, Sarah. What about what about businesses under this uh, Fairness for All Act? What about businesses like Hooters? Yeah, and if you're hiring a girl in a tank top and she decides to come in the next day as a boy in a tank top, I mean, do you do you get to not let them serve? Or a guy who comes in as a girl in a tank top? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a very difficult, very difficult thing uh, for people to, uh, to to process. I mean, it, they are tough lines. There's no doubt about it. I just correct. I, I get nervous whenever government comes to try to swoop in and save us all. It gets it usually let gets icky. Local people sort it out. You're listening to Glenn. Back.